genuine faith should not be blind faith. In these segments of Why I Believe, we're going to explore genuine evidence for genuine faith. Hi, and welcome to Why I Believe. My name is Christian, and once again in the studio with me are Brad and Michael. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Good to be here. Now, on this segment, we talk about reasons for belief in an age of reason um, and scientific thought. We've explored a number of different themes. Most recently, we've talked about the concept of pain and suffering um, in a world where apparently there is supposed to be a good God. We've started to get to know a little bit about who Jesus is. Um, who he was, what he did, why he lived, died, um, what history says about him. And we've explored the idea that historically he's one of the most credible figures out there. There's a lot of information, a lot of data, a lot of eyewitnesses, even eyewitnesses that would have not been in favor of his theology, of his philosophy, people who would have been opposed um, to Christianity. And we talked about this concept of him being a saviour. Obviously, he identifies himself and calls himself that. Um, And today we're going to explore this idea um, that Christians often refer to as salvation. Um, What is salvation? What does it mean? Why is it necessary? If it's necessary, how is it experienced? What does it involve? And how is that different to perhaps how other faiths or world religions see the concept of interaction with the deity, with a divine being? Sounds good. So let's start back where we were a few weeks ago in Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read verse 6 to 8. It takes us back to the fall, back to where we first got into this mess, where the world collapsed into, I guess, almost anarchy and chaos from the idyllic, Edenic perfection that God created uh, for humanity. So, Mike, would you like to read chapter 3, verse 6 to 8 in Genesis there? Yeah, sure. This is talking about um, our first parents, Adam and Eve, and talking about Eve in specifically, it says in verse 6, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. For anyone who's had children (laughs) who have done something wrong, or if you remember what it was like in your childhood days when you played soccer indoors, when you ate the cookies you weren't supposed to, or did something that just wasn't inappropriate. Um, We're very familiar with that feeling of running away. Yeah, and and also, of course, as anyone who has kids will know, the good old, um, you can't see me because I can't see you. That's 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 exactly right. (laughs) What's bizarre in this instance is that they're living in a perfect world, perfect paradise. They don't even have a concept of of guilt, of shame, of wrong, of running away. This is a new thing. Mm. But as soon as they disregard God's principles god's instructions the very first reaction is to run away and it's crazy because like god is coming to spend time with them and like the very like just the whole tone of the thing that he's coming to them to see in the garden in the cool of the day mm-hmm. coming to spend time with them it's is it's obvious is he's not coming in this retributive like you know vengeful um you know ready to get you sort of a thing mm. and yet um here they are already hiding well they don't even know why he's coming this is just a typical afternoon stroll, God walking through the garden looking for them. It's not like they know he's coming to uh, mm. 
chide them or to rebuke them, but knowing that they've done something wrong creates a sense of guilt, of shame, of fear, and they run away from from the being who created them. I guess I do hear the sound of scurrying feet sometimes when I walk down the (laughs) hallway and there's been troubles brewing in the bedroom. (laughs) Yes. But you kind of see how how unhealthy and unproductive those feelings of guilt and Mm. shame are really because instead of going to God and saying, oh, man, we did this. Can you help us? They, they're like, no, we're out of here. Yeah, yeah. And look, that's really symbolic of mm. this idea of sin. We've talked about sin as being selfishness, disobedience to the principles God has given for harmonious well-being. Mm. Um, and this is really the crux of what we talk about when we talk about salvation. Salvation from what? Salvation from this experience. Mm. Salvation from a separation of God, running away from God, being afraid of of God, ultimately salvation from death, because separation from God, our mm. Creator, um, leads to death in two ways. One, it's like a fan unplugging itself from the power source. Mm. It keeps spinning for a while, <laughs> yeah. and eventually it stops. Um, two, it's what we do to each other, and we've explored that before as well. Mm. Selfish hearts lead to the destruction of those around us and ultimately to self-destruction. Mm. Um, and so when we talk about salvation, this is the reference point that we begin from. It's this separation from God. It's what mm. happens when we reject God's principles of love and of well-being. It's running away from God, running away from each other, hurting each other, and, and ultimately self-destruction. Mm. So the Bible talks a little bit about salvation. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, uh, where it reminds us again a little bit about the consequences of sin and selfishness, but it starts to give us some insights into the solution from sin, from selfishness, and ultimately from death. Brad, would you like to read chapter 6 and verse 23 in Romans? Yep, this is from the New Living Translation. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm. Two very powerful principles. The wages are the result of sin, selfishness, death. We've explored that. And then it starts to give us a solution. Um, what exactly is this saying? What is it telling us? It's kind of the whole Bible story wrapped up in one verse, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In a it's sense. Harking, the first part's harking back to Eden just very clearly there. and mm-hmm. then, But not just Eden, like the wages of any of us sinning. Yep. And then, yeah, God's solution, his gift. Mm-hmm. This a surprising amount of theology oh, yeah. in just that one sentence. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've, I mean, we, let's not explore the death part um, anymore. We've already done a fair bit of that over the last few mm. sessions. But then it says, but the gift, it starts with the concept of a gift. Yeah. How would you describe, let's, let's step away from the Bible for a minute. Let's talk about gifts in general. Yep, um, they're good. I like them. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, can you think of the last gift that you received? Ooh. Father's Day present. Yep. Yep. It's pretty lucky. I think I got a cactus from my wife. That was nice. A cactus. I do like cactuses, oh, so it was a good present. As long as you like them. Yeah. Yep. Socks and a shirt. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Mm. I got a um, a free day pass to go to the snow. Ooh, nice. Uh, so that was was really special. Now, when you think of a gift, when was the last time you received a gift? And the very first thing that came to mind is... I need to pay for this. I need to um, somehow um, make amends or, or reimburse this person for the gift. Sometimes there is a sense of indebtedness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just moved house over the weekend and had some great friends helping out. And you know, when when you help one another out, like there's a certain amount you just um, you you love to and you really appreciate when you know you 
others do it and that. Mm-hmm. But when, whenever you get helped out, sometimes it's hard to just take it as a free gift. <laughs> you feel like you actually owe them something back. And, and not that you don't want to, but it's just, it's a funny thing with us as humans. Mm-hmm. We just have that tendency, yeah, and just to sort of feel indebted, don't we? Yeah. We do, yeah, Brad. I was going to say, particularly if it's something really big, mm. you know, if it's just, yeah. a, if it's a little gift, you're like, mm. oh, thank you, you know, I appreciate, yeah. appreciate the thought. Thank you for thinking of me. Yes. But when they get you something really big or something that you've been thinking about for ages or mm. whatever like that and you're like, oh, how can I how can I ever repay this? Yeah, yes. yeah. And notice it also depends on the relationship you have with the person. Yeah. You know, so if mm. it's a spouse or a child giving you a gift, those feelings of I need to repay probably aren't as strong. No. If it's someone that's a little bit more distant, you start to feel a bit more awkward. and Yeah, closer mm, friends you don't have a problem with. You don't, yeah. But if yeah. they're a little bit further away, you, you sort of almost think, hmm, what's the... Yeah, what's, what's the, the implications? Catch? Yeah, what's the catch? What do I need to do? Um, and we almost have this tit for tat mentality when it comes to gifts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody invited me over for a meal, but we're not that close. Oh, I better make sure I have them over for a yeah. meal one day. You know, because we don't want to be seen to be in in their debt. Mm. So we have an interesting relationship with gifts, even in human society, don't mm. we? It's like when you give you Christmas presents and you're trying to figure out, oh, if I give them a a thirty dollar present, and they give me a hundred dollar present. What's what am I going to do? Yes, yeah, or wedding know. presents for that matter. Oh, <laughs> you know, depending on whose wedding it is and how close yes. you are, yep. then you start to <laughs> trying to remember how much they gave you. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. So, so it's gifts complicated. Are, it is complicated. Mm. Gifts are an interesting thing, made complex by, the, I guess, the complexity of relationships and how mm. we interact with each other. And uh, you know, that's partly I think why we find it hard to accept a gift from God because when you start out in that relationship, you're not necessarily massively close to him. And you're like, do I like? What does this mean? This whole being indebted for so much, like yeah. to accept it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's interesting that we've had that conversation because what you've mentioned is key to how people respond to salvation. Yeah, there's a degree of ways people interpret gift, mm. at its very basic essence. The concept of gift, as we're going to read again and again, is something that is completely free, that you don't pay for, that God does not expect anything in return for. It's something that we can never repay back. Not like the free Android tablet that I had a call about yesterday from a marketing <laughs> thing that I'd supposedly won. Well, one of those overseas holidays. That no, wasn't overseas. No, It was no. a genuine Aussie fellow. Oh, I wow. actually gave him about five minutes of my time listening yeah. to oh, him yeah. because he was an, actually an Aussie. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, only, the only free things I get are people saying, oh, you've got a virus. Do you want me to <laughs> log into your computer and take it off? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I distracted there a bit. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm going to skip ahead and we're going to look at another verse because this concept of gift is really important. Ephesians mm. chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Um, we're going to go there where the concept of gift um, freely given is shared again. But there's another word that's used that I want to come back to. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Michael, would you like to read that, please? Yeah, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And that is, this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. There's not by payback. It's, mm. yeah, works as payback. Isn't trying to pay for it, you know, re, yeah. Absolutely. And it's essential to understand when we talk about the concept of Christian salvation that it is a gift. Mm. And then it couples the concept of gift with grace. Yeah. What does grace mean? How do we understand that? Grace is kind of ignoring the fact that someone may have wronged you in a sense, I mm. suppose. And still, I mean, in the context of giving gifts, it's, despite 
whatever negatives there are, you kind of say, and you know what, they don't matter, I'll wipe the slate clean and give mm-hmm. it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter was just asking about grace just yesterday. She was saying, what is grace? And we was sort of like, well, it's something good that you get, um, generally when you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just something you get, it's something generally good. You don't deserve it. It's generally in response to something that you've done that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> It's a tough concept. The The root of the concept of grace comes from the ancient world where the concept of patronage was really important, mm. where in order to get ahead, to make your business work, in order to trade, in order to have clients, you would have to give gifts to prominent people within your society. Bribery. Uh, well. Not quite. They used the word patronage because <laughs> yeah. it was normal. It wasn't seen. No. Bribery, I guess, has a negative connotation. In that culture, it was very overt. Yeah. Um, you would go basically, let's say there was a senator in your local hometown. You would go to their house in the morning along with other tradesmen and business owners like you. Yeah. And you would basically sing that patron's praises. You would offer them your services. You would do all sorts of things. Mm. And in exchange, they would allow you to trade. They would give you privileges. They would recommend you to their network and, and, and so on. There's cultures today where it's referred to as a representation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, again, it wasn't the negative illegal thing. It was just the way things worked. Mm. And the concept of grace was when – Someone in a very high senior position would give a gift to an inferior that they could never repay back. Hmm. So let's say, for example, we're all equals here. I give you a gift worth $100 and you give me a gift worth $100. That means we're equals. I don't have anything over you. You don't owe me anything. I'm not your superior. No, Grace. But if I give you a billion dollars... You know, and you're on an average wage and you're still paying rent and you don't have a mortgage yet, right? That's a gift that basically you can never repay, which means that you're indebted to me and I typically am, I guess, um, over you. Uh, over you in some way. Just let um, me know when you get that billion dollars and we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> You'd be happy for it, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's where the word initially came from. It was a gift that could never in any capacity, shape or form ever be earned, ever be repaid for. And Paul uses it in the Christian context to say this is a mm. gift. Just be very aware this isn't something that you can ever repay for, ever return, mm. ever do anything for. The, the, the difference between who God is and what he gives and who we are is so great, yeah. you don't even think about it. And that's no. why the word grace is used. Mm. So before we go on to our break, just to recap, when we talk about salvation, we have to understand that it is a gift that can never be earned, repaid, basically reimbursed in any form or shape through what we do, through our finances, through absolutely anything at all. It's a gift. We're going to come back right after the break to look at how to experience and accept this gift. In the beginning, you brought this world to life with only a whisper. Let there be light Now here in my heart Won't you come do the same Shine in my darkness And chase it away
Even if it hurts I know it's worth the pain God, won't you burn this Old self away Yeah Oh, this is redemption And this is the change I need And it's been a long time Why I believe we're talking about salvation, uh, about what it means to escape sin, selfishness, and death. And we started talking about this concept of grace, this free gift that God gives. Um, now, I wanted to come back to just another analogy on grace. And we often use the story of a policeman. You know, you're driving, you're speeding, uh, you get caught. Now, imagine that you get caught, but you were bankrupt, basically. You don't have money to pay a speeding fine. And you beg and plead and ask the policeman to let you off your speeding fine, not give you a ticket. And he says, okay, I'm going to let you off. Now, sometimes we think that that's grace. What that is, is actually mercy. Mm. Because a policeman isn't treating you as you deserve. Grace is if the policeman pays the fine himself out of his own That's what grace is. Grace is Mm. where the policeman not only lets you off, but he pays the fine, and then he says, and here's (laughs) $1,000. To help you back on your feet. To help you back on your feet. So grace isn't just not giving you what you deserve. Mm. So it's not in the negative. Grace is in the affirmative that you're getting above and beyond what you technically should should receive or have or be. Hmm. Um, so this is what God does. He doesn't just say, well, I'm not going to punish you hmm. or I'm not going to hold your selfishness against you or make you pay for the consequences of your actions. In fact, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to pay for it and I'm going to give you eternity with me. Hmm. Uh, Pretty is, good deal. It, it's yeah. astounding. <laughs> and that is different to every single other 
religion, faith uh, that is out there. How do how do other religions out there see this relationship between God, between earning favor, making it to another level of of nirvana or heaven? What's the typical attitude in other religions? Well, you have to earn it. Be good enough. Very much so. The yin and the yang, mm. you know, uh, karma. Mm. What you do comes back. The better you are, the more you reincarnate into something positive. If you're a bad person, you end up as a fly or a mosquito or, or something worse. <laughs> what we find in the Bible is something completely and totally different. So how do we experience this? Let's read a couple of passages to give us some insights into, into how to experience this. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And Brad, if you'd like to read that for us, please. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. You know when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous? I've never you can personally get help. been there, but yep, I've, I've never been there. I've read, I've <laughs> uh, seen things on it, I've encountered friends that have been there. What's the first thing they encourage them to do? Acknowledge there's a problem. Acknowledge yeah. there's a problem. And here there's a reminder that all of us, sure we've inherited something from Adam and Eve, mm. and we've talked about inheritance in our last session. Yep. You can listen to that online as well if you are just tuning in recently. But at the same time, while we can blame some things on Adam and Eve, we choose to do silly, selfish, dumb stuff, don't we? Yep. Yep. We, we can't always blame everything on somebody else. We can blame mm. a lot of things on others, <laughs> but, but there are times where we just choose to do the wrong thing. Mm. Before we can receive this gift of salvation, and we'll look at that in a moment, we need to acknowledge that, hey, we have a need. And it's a tough thing to do. I mean, like, I can only imagine how tough it must be to acknowledge the impact that alcohol is having on your life. Mm. I can only imagine how tough that must be. But yeah, although I may not struggle with that, for me to acknowledge there's a problem in my life, that, mm. that sin has a grip, that I need help, yep. it's it's not humanly an easy thing to do to acknowledge you've got a problem. No, it's saying that you, that you have a character flaw that affects absolutely everything mm. you do, which yeah. is a big thing to admit. Yeah. and. Like I mean, I have it, and I, it's it's not a it's not something I can pretend I don't. And that's what the Bible tells us: all of us have. Yeah. Um, you know, we we can say I'm a good person. Yeah. But, um, the Bible says, well, even in that goodness, often it's tainted with selfishness. Yeah. And, and it's true. Some people have a much nicer, more pleasant personality. Mm. Some people are generally more grumpy yeah. uh, and more self-centered. But the reality is, all of us have a need to escape this this human selfishness that we're born with and if i can just say to you like sometimes when you've lived as a christian for most of your life it can be hard to acknowledge that like it's easy to feel like i can't pass that mm-hmm. um but really we need to acknowledge that like the the further you go and you walk with god the more you realize that hey look i am still a sinner mm-hmm. <laughs> there's problems still here mm-hmm. i'm in need of god's grace just as much as when i began not that he isn't teaching and growing me and not not that um not that my walk with him is not you know productive but mm-hmm. there's i've i still have problems and i still need a savior and it's it's a it's but, but sometimes you know you meet people who don't want to acknowledge that they they mm-hmm. sort of feel like um you know, I'm past that. I'm beyond that. I'm no no longer sinning. But mm. it's that's that's an unhealthy thing too. Mm. It's it's a constant growing experience. Yeah. We're going to look at this growing experience in in a few sessions down the road. Um, but yes, first we need to acknowledge mm. selfishness, sin. It's it's part of who all of us are. Um, and two, death is a reality of life as well. Mm. Uh, even if you might say, "Well, I'm a pretty good person," well, death is still something that you can't escape <laughs> by being a good person. Mm. 
Um, so we need to acknowledge that we have a need. You can't receive a gift if you don't feel that it, it's necessary or needed for you. Mm. You know, if I've got an Apple Watch and someone gives me an Apple Watch, it's like, oh, I don't really want it or I don't <laughs> really need it. But if I don't have one, then all of a sudden I'm more more open to that as well. Mm. Uh, let's go to John chapter 3.16. This is a very well-known passage. I don't even have to turn to it. But Michael, if you'd like to read John 3.16 for us there, please. Well, I've, um, this one, as you say, don't need to turn to this one. Um, and that comes to mind is the, from the old KJV, because that's a very well-known one. So, mm-hmm. for, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, the way to experience everlasting life is to do what, according to Jesus? Believe in him. Yeah. What does that mean? What does it mean to believe? What are we believing? Well, believe that he, well, I mean, like it says, that he loved us actually so much that he was willing to exchange positions with us. So mm-hmm. that instead of us dying, he's saying, you know what, I'll, I'll take that on myself. Mm. All you have to do is say, you know what, I'm sorry, please take it away from me. And then he'll give you eternal life. Mm. Yeah. Good trade. Yeah. Re- reminds me, Michael, of your uh, Android <laughs> tablet story from uh, yesterday. You know, there are sometimes um, there are some experiences where it, it seems too good to be true, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we're really skeptical on the phone. We've oh, all yeah. heard of the scam <laughs> from some third world country where you know some widow died and she's left you twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is send her ten thousand dollars to get it out of that country. Mm-hmm. Um, too good to be true, and because it's too big, too good to be true, we're very skeptical. We don't believe stuff. Uh, that's why belief and faith is so important in Christian world. It, it really is. It, it sounds too good to be true. Hmm. Here is God saying, I am giving my son to take your place. Imagine a court of law. You've done the crime. He says, well, let my son take your place. And not only will you be free, but now when you come out of that courthouse, you will inherit everything my son had. Hmm. You know, the universe, eternity, hmm. uh, life with me. That's the gift I'm giving you. Hmm. Um it, it sort of blows the mind a bit. It does. Why? It, it Why does. Would he? And the issue is not believing so much in the gift, it's believing no. in the giver. Mm. Yeah. God yep. is as good as he says he is. Yep. And that was the issue in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Adam and Eve didn't believe God. God's, if you don't believe him, you're not going to accept the gift. Absolutely. And it really mm. is about mm. a, a relationship. You know, if you were to give me, um, you know, if you were to offer me a million dollars, I... I I probably wouldn't believe it. What if I were to offer you the kingdom of Tasmania? Well, I I don't believe you have it. (laughs) (laughs) See, there you go. So that's the challenge. Um, Now, even if a stranger came up to me and said, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars, I'd really struggle to to believe them. What's their motive? What's the agenda? What are they at? So what I'm doing is it's not so much about the gift. I'm imposing my feelings on that person. This is what I think of you. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. Mm. And that's been the issue with God. Satan didn't believe God that he was as good as he says he was. Yeah. Adam and Eve didn't believe God. God is holding something back from us. If, mm. only, if we only eat the fruit, we might have something better than what God is giving. So the issue from the very beginning has and continues to be, do you believe that God is as good as he says he is? Yeah, and I think that's kind of in a way how faith ties back into evidence. You mm-hmm. know, Well, you have to consider, okay, is God as good as he is? Mm-hmm. You know, so look at the Bible. What is what does God actually say about Himself? Well, for yeah. one, He says, "I don't lie," mm. and f- for two, He says, "I am love." That's yeah. a pretty good place to start <laughs> in actually going. Okay, is God legit? Mm. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So believing is simply saying, 
I believe God is as good as he says he is. Mm. He gave his son to die for me and he's offering me eternity and I choose to accept Jesus taking my place. Mm. Um, mm. I choose not to live in that guilt, in that shame and I get on my knees or I talk to God in prayer and I say thank you for this gift. I accept your salvation. Mm. I want to be your child. Thank you for making it possible. Mm. Um, and the wording isn't important. <laughs> you know, God isn't sitting there and waiting for us to say the magic passphrase, open sesame, close sesame. It's no. not like that. It's just simply acknowledging I have a problem mm. and I accept you as the solution to my problem, to yeah. selfishness, to death. And I'm coming back, I, I threw it in as a flippant illustration, but if you don't believe that I have the kingdom of Tasmania to grant to you, <laughs> You're not, going to, you're not going to be able to accept it, even Absolutely. if, like, let's imagine that I did have it to offer you, mm. just because you, your unbelief is holding you back. Now, obviously, I don't have it, <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd be very wise not to believe that, but that's besides the point. If I did, and yet you didn't believe me, it wouldn't be any good to you. Mm. Absolutely. Belief is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Yeah. Again and again, uh, in the New Testament, we, and even in the Old we see this this idea that people who had a good relationship with God did so because they believed that God was as good as he said he was. Mm-hmm. It's not about doing something for God. It's about accepting what God wants to do for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we believe and accept that salvation, the Bible says the gift is ours. Mm-hmm. You know, you think if I gave you a gift, the process of you receiving it is simply what? Believing that I'm giving you the gift mm-hmm. and taking it. Mm. It'd be nice if you said thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we often apply this to a new babe in the Christian faith. We often apply it to when you're just learning to accept Christ. But I know just in my walk with God even now, like when I I just recognize that something's gone wrong, I've let go of God's hand and and I've sinned. It might be just that I've been angry at someone, grumpy with someone. Um, I can recognize, I can choose to either pretend it's not there, or I can recognize, hey, there's a problem, and I can acknowledge that. But then and when, once I've acknowledged that and accepted and say, hey, God, please um, put the right attitude in my heart, he does. Mm. And that's awesome, but it's, it applies not only at the beginning of your walk, it applies along the journey as well. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when we accept that gift, when mm. we simply say to God, thank you for saving me, yep. it's as simple as that. Yeah. I accept that you died for me and I accept that gift on my behalf. Yep. Thank you. From then on, the Bible says that we are in an experience or a state of being saved. Yep. Mm. Um, we still have problems. We still have trials. Yep. We still have room to grow, yep. like a newborn baby, as you said. It's yep. just beginning that journey. But from then on, death is not an issue for us. No. From mm. then on, we know that eternal life is ours. Yes. It's guaranteed. It's promised. And that's what we have to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Now, whenever we have this topic, people always say, oh, well, what about doing the right thing? <laughs> you know, what we're going to do next time we catch up together on Why I Believe, we're going to start looking, okay, now I've accepted this gift. What does that look like practically? What about my actions, my behavior, the the selfish things that I've done? Um, what about these words that Christians sometimes use like repentance and confession? Mm. How do they fit in? Well, they do fit in. They are part of the Christian experience and walk, but mm. they are not part of receiving this gift. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. That's the first experience of receiving the gift. Yeah. Everything else is a result of having that gift, of having that relationship, that reconciliation, that restoration uh, between yourself and God. Mm. That's what we're going to do next time. But for now, just keep in mind, God has given us an incredible gift. 
it's yours for the taking. Basically say thank you and you will be able to experience and have that confidence, that assurance that God has granted and given you eternal life. Can we close with a prayer? I'd like to accept that today and I'm sure there'd be many listeners that may want to accept that in their own life. Please do, Mike. Lead us in prayer. Dear Father, we just want to say thank you. You've told us we've got a problem. You also invited us to believe that you've got the solution to the problem. We thank you that you were our creator and you you made us and you're also wanting to save us. You've seen the problem that we've got ourselves into as humans and you're wanting to give us a gift of salvation to save us from that. I just want to choose to accept that today and I just want to thank you that there are others who are choosing to accept that with me as we pray together, Lord. Thank you. And I just want to walk in newness of life and accepting that salvation gift you've just given me. Amen. 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 If you've enjoyed Why I Believe, visit us at faithfm.com.au and contact us with any questions, thoughts, comments, opinions you may have. We'd love to be able to share those on air. Thank you for staying with us and we'll see you next time.